scribble notes, uh, scribble notes when I wrote these quotes. If I offend, pardon me, there's more of me to grow. Creative in my process, enjoy the show. The will is different when you recognize the different strokes. Different folks, same goals, we all want the most. So when we reach the top, we can enjoy the toast. The type of bread we get is fresh about the bakery. Told them don't play with me. With or without a degree, don't question my intensity. Bravery, similar to agencies that want to see you fold. So just pray for me and pray for me. Einstein with my energy. Welcome to the Scribble Notes podcast. How how is your day going? I'm super excited to talk to you. Thank you. I'm excited to talk to you too. My day has been pretty good so far. Hey, we need good days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyone listening? <laughs> anyone listening? You have a good day. Um, yeah. <laughs> why don't you introduce yourself for the listeners so they know, they know who who I'm talking to? Okay, my name is Maddie. I have a YouTube channel called Books with Maddie, where I talk about books and reading and all things like that. Hey, so <laughs> it, so let's start from the beginning. How okay. how did you get on YouTube? What made you decide books um, and reviewing books? What 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 made this all start? How did this all happen? <laughs> um, basically, the global pandemic that we're experiencing was the catalyst for my YouTube channel. I was really bored in quarantine, and I was like, I want to talk to somebody about books, but I'm stuck in my house. So I might as well make a YouTube channel and find a lot of other people who like to talk about books. Mm. And how has that been? Because I know it's for been. myself, I started my podcast during the during the pandemic. So how's it been for you? It's been great. It's very different doing a YouTube channel when you're at home 24-7 and then transferring to doing a YouTube channel when you have, you know, an actual life again. <laughs> so that's definitely been a transition, but it's it's still fun. Hey, we like to hear. It. So, so you've done a ton of videos so far. Just I was checking out your channel. Uh, you have a really cool like style and all that. What makes? How do you? How do you create that? How do you make that? What do you when you're setting up? Um, when you're setting up for a video, how do you create the the product that we get to end? I don't know, man. I just, I, I didn't know I had a style. Um, everything is very precarious when I'm filming. Everything is like on the verge of being about to fall over. <laughs> like, but it's not, there is no style. There's no secret. It's just pure chaos. I have, I have a, a tripod finally. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's about, it's like the main, it's really the backbone of my channel. That tripod is holding everything together. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's so interesting because I think you know what I mean like some people some people's videos look very different than like yeah. each other people have like their own unique way of doing it so it's yeah. always interesting to see like how did like how did how did you come up with that and for that to be like well I'm just existing at the same time yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much it yeah <laughs> have you uh how have you how have people been how has been the audience and reception of the channel it's been it's been great. It was pretty unexpected because YouTube is kind of a tricky platform. I really didn't know much about it when I started, um, but I have I have some really great viewers who just mean everything to me, and they're so nice literally all the time. It means literally everything to me. <laughs> no, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, how is it like growing, growing like a fan base? How has that been? I feel like that's something that's interesting over the last like year and a half. It's scary because, you know, I started it as like just something while I was in quarantine. I wasn't really planning on continuing it after, you know, I had uh, my life back and everything. But it really was 
growing at a pace that I didn't expect. Um, so I just kept going with it. And the growth is, is definitely intimidating to me because I, I, I have this thing that I call like 30 subscriber energy that I have where I just feel like <laughs> I'm talking to 30 people and I look at the views and it's like, okay, it's not 30 people anymore. Like I got to get my act together. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> 30 people energy out here. <laughs> So, so since, so that's like, that's like an amazing piece, like being able to have fans. I know the first time, like I would, the first time I had people listening to my podcast regularly, I was like, this is mm -hmm. weird. This is interesting. Yeah. Like I it enjoy it. Like it's, yeah. you just, it, you just don't expect it. Um, mm -hmm. And like, how do you, how do you kind of like, I guess I'd say, how do you stay in touch with all of them? Um, how do you like, do you respond to comments on in the comment section? Uh, things like that I'm like really interested because as people grow it's a little it's like you get so many more people that are contacting you or reaching out so it's just so much more uh, engagement it is um it is like overwhelming sometimes um I I mean obviously it's not like a flood of comments like I'm not that that big or anything but um you know, I, it is something that I have to like carve out some time for because I, I love to read every single comment and respond to every single one. And I, I miss some every single time there's a video and I feel so bad about it because I, they mean so much to me every time somebody takes time out of their day to comment on one of my videos. So it's just like carving out some time and, and stuff like that. YouTube comments is the main place that I connect with people because I'm not super active on other social media. So that's basically where I'm at. <laughs> no, that's really cool. It's really cool because I, I just I know how that kind of feels when you have like a lot of people who are you just trying to do everything at once. And it's really cool that mm -hmm. you take time. You take time to do that. Um, so let's talk about books a little bit, because I'm really interested in your opinion, uh, being someone that talks about books in front of other people okay. <laughs> <laughs> or reviews books in front of other people. people I feel yeah. like a lot of people don't try to do that. Uh, what was your what was on your like top? five list last year of books that came out what were your like top five favorites what were my top five I just made a video about this I need to know this information <laughs> why can't I remember I'm panicking oh my gosh it's just um, off, off the cuff you know I just made it this is so embarrassing okay my favorite book of the year was The Wicked King by Holly Black mm. I don't know if you're familiar with that with yep. that series that was my favorite of the year. Um, and then there was a bunch of romance that I loved. Um, Act Your Age by Talia Hibbert um, was one of my favorite romances. Um, the Soulmate Equation by Christina Lauren was another favorite. Um, yeah, those are some of my top ones that what, I can remember. <laughs> what, what made them kind of stand out? I know you're going to talk about it in your YouTube video, but what, what, made, what makes them stand out to you? What makes, the, what makes a book really like work for you? I mean, it's very different, like genre to genre. Um, I mean, for fantasy, uh, a lot of books can get really repetitive. So I like, you know, when authors can add in something that I haven't really seen done before, they have like a lot of nuance to their characters and have really like, you know, in-depth world building and things like that. Um, for romance and, and contemporaries, it's all about, you know, making characters that you can really connect with, that you can relate to and things like that. And and kind of, I think with romances and contemporaries, it's a little bit trickier because um, you, you don't have the, the fallback of like a fantasy world. You know, you have mm. to make people intrigued in what they already experience every day. And so um, I, I find that really powerful when authors are able to do that. Awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm like, I think last year I, went, I read Elantris. Elantris was my favorite book of the year. Um, oh, really? 
yeah, I just enjoyed Elatra so much. And Brandon Sanderson, I think he did a really good job. It kept it really fun for me. I heard it was an awesome yeah. audio book. I also got the dramatic version of the audio book that he put out. Okay. And <laughs> it's basically like the it's basically like just a movie, like literally a movie. It just wow. It's an insane. Is there a full cast? Yes, a full cast. A full cast. People are going. It is insane. Um, I have not heard of this. I need yeah. to. I need to get on that. <laughs> it is. It's insane, but it was so much fun. And I got my wife yeah. to also read with me, so she read oh the whole. God. Like she listened to the whole thing too, and it was like really cool. Um, That's so fun. I, I was just like, uh, just did such a good job. Just made it fun. Yeah. It was so interesting. I think the concept was really interesting. A lot of things that like inspire like my writing and stuff too. Oh yeah, because it's like you create so much. Um, yeah, books are but like some stories have really touched me over last year, but that was one of them. What what has been a, a story that's really stuck with you um that you read last year? I reference my my bookshelf. Um I I definitely have like a really good answer. But I'm just oh, you know what? Okay, I have a great one. Uh, so the I'll I'll I always bring it back to Talia Hibbert. She's one of my favorite authors. She has a, the Brown Sisters trilogy. Um, get a Life, Chloe Brown, Take a Hint, Danny Brown, and Actor Age, Eve Brown. They're all uh, romances. And all three characters are just so diverse. They're all um, have some kind of um, nuance to them that makes them uh, really like realistic characters. So in the first book, uh, Chloe Brown has fibromyalgia, which is a chronic illness that I also have. And so that was really special um, to read like that. And in the second book, Danny Brown has anxiety. She's bisexual and she's a women and gender studies major. And I'm a women and gender studies major. So I just had these, this really strong connection to these books. I absolutely love Talia Hibbert's writing. I think she's one of the best authors that I have read in the past like three years. Um, I, those stories are so, so special to me and I reread them constantly because they're just amazing. Mm, yeah I think there's something about a book that really just like stories that really stick with you because they mm -hmm. they they hit so they hit home in a different way mm -hmm. um that's why I just that's why I really just enjoy so yeah. to change gears okay <laughs> I did I should have I should have like sent you this like I should have asked you this in in advance what was your least favorite mm -hmm. book? what was your least favorite book of the year um Okay, I have a couple. Um, <laughs> I only gave three books one star um, last year. I'm trying to <laughs> pick the least controversial. Um, okay, so there's a book called Disgrace by J.M. Coetzee. Um, it's it's like a, one of those kind of like modern classics. Um, and I had to read it for my uh, world literature post-1945 class. And it basically took place in post-apartheid South Africa and um, so it I expected it to deal with like those racial tensions but the main character was like this uh, white professor who um, just had all terrible opinions about everything he he was just this cocky ignorant man who like would manipulate and gaslight his female students into like sleeping with him and it was just horrible. It was just a very, very bad mm. book. And it's won like the Nobel Prize for Literature. Oh, and man. like the author has won, I think it was the Booker Prize. And I just couldn't, it just, oh, it made me so upset to read that book and have to read it for school and everything. I wrote a whole essay about it for school and <laughs> I got real heated about it. Um, it was just a really yucky book. Mm. <laughs> <And then> like, <laughs> uh, that's, that's like crazy. It's award-winning and mm. it's like, 
ah, that looks terrible. Yeah. But yeah. who knows how that stuff gets awarded? Uh, right. So, <laughs> so when it comes to when it comes to fantasy, let's talk fantasy a little bit. What are some of the things that you've seen a lot of in books that you think are like kind of overdone or or have had their time? Um, there's your your classic love triangle. Mm. It's done. We're done with the love triangle. We don't need any more love triangles. Um, I think the I'm not like other girls trope is just like super toxic. Done with that. Um, I think both of those are are super overdone. Also, like the like damsel in distress. That one's a little bit older, but you see it coming back every now and then. Um, you know, like the strong man has to come in and save the day. I think those ones are really overused. I think that's one of the things I really liked about the Folk of the Air trilogy, The Cruel Prince and the Wicked King, um, was how Holly Black kind of twisted the roles of uh, Jude and Cardin, the main male and female characters. Mm. Yeah. You were just listing some of those. I was like, that makes sense. Like, who, mm. who if you get a love triangle <laughs> nowadays, like, just think yeah. about a story that has a love triangle. Right. Just, you don't want it. It's like, well, <laughs> It's like, why are we doing this? Still? Yeah, there's like yeah. thousands of them. It, yeah. A lot of them are done better in other cases. Um, mm-hmm. What are some of the things that you were most like surprised by when you're reading like uh, different concepts that authors might have explored that you just didn't expect? We interrupt this episode to talk a little bit about Sun Scholars. Sun Scholars is a nonprofit committed to improving educational equity and college graduation rates for those students who have experienced foster care or adoption. Sun Scholars Inc. is dedicated to serving Connecticut's former foster youth with a student first mentality. Their goal is to support individuals and help them reach their best outcomes. If you'd like to learn more about Sun Scholars, or how to donate, check out their website, sunscholarsinc.org. That's sunscholarsinc.org. Now, back to the show. That's a good one. Um, I mean, I think world building is always a really exciting thing to read because it has so much space to be whatever the author wants. Um, so I think that's always really intriguing, especially when there's like some kind of magic system or, or something like that that's just like totally new. It's always can be really surprising um, to to learn about whatever they're you know putting into the world. I'm thinking about like how Holly Black, Lee Bardugo, and Sarah J. Mass all write you know so the same kind of audience, but all have very different worlds and very different characters. And I always think that's cool, mm. like to compare and contrast um, authors like that who are writing to the same people but are able to you know create nuanced and diverse worlds and characters. Yeah, that's like a that's like a really good point. Um, that stuff really matters. Like the world building can do so much to differentiate mm-hmm. a story. And there's so much space to be creative within world building that I think yeah. it's it's like if a book is too similar or if it follows mm-hmm. uh, what everyone's what everyone's doing or everyone's already done, it really diminishes how like the reading experience overall because you just don't get as much. You don't get right, as right. new or fresh. Yeah. For sure. Um, so I was going to ask another question about a, a very specific book and being like, have you, <laughs> it was going to be, a, I'm not going to ask the question, but it's going to be like, uh, like what, what new author have you found this year that you'd never read before that you were blown away by? Um, that's very specific. 
And I was like, that is a I have an answer if you if you want one. Oh, okay. Let's I answer do have it one. Because I wasn't gonna okay. I was like, that's just putting her on the spot. <laughs> no, I, I have one for this. I'm prepared. Um I recently read Anxious People by Frederick Bachman. Um, he wrote A Man Called Uwe and Bear Town, books like that. And I have a, a bunch of his books. I've just never gotten around to reading them. And finally, I'm in a book club with my friends and we read Anxious People and I was blown away by it. Like, I think it was, you know what? This is a great transition. This was one of my favorite books of the year. I think it was like my second or third favorite of the year. <laughs> so back to that question. Um, but I loved his writing style. I think it was amazing and amazing also for a translation because <clears throat> I believe he's Swedish. Um, and so for it to be translated so well was also really, really cool. And I was just obsessed with the way that he wrote characters and the way that he wrote stories. Um, I will definitely be checking out more of what he has written in 2022. Mm, it's awesome. See, so it worked out. That was great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm always interested because I take a lot of recommendations as someone who does mm -hmm. not read nearly as many books as probably you do. Uh, <laughs> I take a lot of recommendations about what to read from like reviewers. Oh, yeah. how, 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 how do you think the, the role of reviewer, uh, what do you, where do you think that plays as far as informing the rest of the audience? Because there is so, there are so many books to read. There is so much to get through. Um, what do you That's think really true. Role? I, <laughs> it's such a scary thought to have that like I'm actually influencing people's reading tastes because I, I started doing it just like talk to other people and have like a conversation. But um, I see people actually be like, oh, I'm going to pick that up. And I'm like, oh good luck like <laughs> I hope you like it um I I think it's it's really cool to to find some like another reviewer or somebody who has like the same taste as you and then they kind of rely on their tastes and I, I find like it really cool to be that for some people I, I find it like such a huge honor <laughs> to um to potentially be that for some people um I, I think that book reviewers are, are really important and really critical in the publishing process and so to have any influence over what somebody reads is a very uh, high honor for me. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a major piece, and I think you you touched on something really quickly that that really matters. Like even just talking to people about different books that you have, and just like friends, and before mm -hmm. you even started a channel, it's like you're you're making an influence on someone's uh, decision because people are hearing you, and then you get mm -hmm. a channel, and now you're like even more so. People are like really yeah. going to you. <laughs> Uh, so it becomes it becomes really awesome and really important because reviews reviews really help kind of curate the audience. Um, That's so true. Yeah, it, they're just a, there's a huge skew. Like the more everyone's gonna cover the big books, uh, mm -hmm. the big ones that you don't really need marketing for. But reviews <laughs> are really how you find out about um, these other books that exist and these other authors right. that might not be. Uh, Brandon Sanderson um, mm -hmm. and you can be like oh that's a really really good author I'm gonna, gonna keep picking up their books so I think yeah. that's important yeah that's a really good point um, so in terms of reviews how do you go what's your what's your process for how you star rate or however you rate books um, well actually uh, there's a, a, a booktuber um, I believe her name is Book Roast, I think. And she has this spreadsheet that she's created called Cowpile. It's C-A-W-P-I-L-E. And each of those acronyms stands for a different aspect of the book. And when you put in, okay, this is so complicated. But, oh, so go like, ahead, go ahead. <laughs> C stands for like characters. So you would rate the characters like one out of 10. And A is atmosphere. You put it in the spreadsheet one out of 10. And it does some 
magical like math wizardry and calculates what it suggests your star rating should be. And I literally depend on that for my ratings because it it really helps me like when I'm like in between, I'm like, oh, is it two, is it three or like three or four? It helps me narrow down like and think about, okay, what were the characters like? What was the atmosphere like? What was the writing like? And uh, she has it, she has it on her on her booktube channel. She just came out with the, the third version of it, which now has half stars. Um, and yeah, I download it every year on my Google Drive and I, I use that. And that's kind of what I depend on for how I read my books. That's that is so cool. <laughs> it really is. I love spreadsheets, so I'm like so obsessed with it. <laughs> like I would have never, I would have never even thought to I would have never thought to do that. Like that's just such a cool rubric. And with the yeah, I'm she's an actual it. genius. Yeah, yeah like, that's insane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because rating rating books is also like a really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. it's a really interesting process for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I know from some people who have like had beta read and stuff, they've told me about their process for for rating. And it's always different. And I think that's mm-hmm. also important for people to know. It's like mm-hmm. you gotta know how someone's rating their book because right. if not, you're you're kind of going off of whatever random opinion someone might right. have. And also- some people, you know, are more like they want their characters to be like the center and other people want the like world building and, and the writing to be the center. So it's also it, it heavily varies based on people and their moods and their bias and everything. <laughs> There's so much that goes into it. I know that it's like that's so like crazy, but it is like it's so important and it's so mm-hmm. underrated how how important it is in so many aspects of what of like our own human experience. Uh, exactly. a, re- a review of like products on Amazon uh, mm-hmm. makes a huge difference. If you're like, ah, I don't know if I want this microphone, you're gonna read. Right. You're gonna read reviews. And you're gonna determine whether or not you want the microphone. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's, yeah. That's it's, so true. It's so important. Um, yeah. So what's 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 next for you? What do you have? What do you have coming up? Like what what's your schedule like for um, taping and recording? Well, I just did my, at the beginning of January, I do like a week long of a video every day. So I'm taking a little break. Um, And then I have uh, my reading journal um, coming up. I I posted last year and people really liked that video. Um, So I have like a a reading journal tour of 2021 coming up. And I want to do a lot more stuff with journaling because it's a really important part of my reading and just like creative process. So um, I have a an Instagram that I posted literally twice on, but it's called Journals by Maddie. And I do custom journals for people and stuff like that. Um, so that I think I'm gonna like expand that a little bit. Um, that's my main my main venture next. <laughs> hey, that's awesome. And where can people connect with you um, online? Um, I'm Books with Maddie everywhere, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and it's M-A-D-D-I. There's no E, no Y. <laughs> hey. So, so what advice do you have? Because I think it's, I think with, with starting something, um, starting a channel or having any success online, what advice do you have for people who are trying to, who are starting out? That's hard. Um, I don't know. I think I would, I would figure out like why you're doing it at first, because, um, you know, if you're doing it for like the numbers and like the potential, like monetization or stuff like that, um, it's not going to be as satisfying. It's not going to be as fulfilling. I think, you know, it, it's, it's easy to get really caught up in the numbers and everything. Um, it's easy to, to compare yourself to other people be like, I started 
before them? Why are, why are they growing faster than I am? And it can get really toxic. It can really affect your own like mental perception of yourself. So I think figuring out why you're doing it and realizing, okay, I'm doing this because I love to talk about this. I love to, to share this with other people and other people like me sharing it with them. It doesn't matter what the numbers are. It doesn't matter how much I'm growing and how much that person over there is growing. I think, I think that's like the biggest, the biggest piece of advice that I would have, because it's so easy to get caught up in that cycle of just like, why am I not growing? Why am I not growing at the pace I want to? Mm. Yeah. It's like, you, you have to be patient with yourself. Mm -hmm. You have to understand what your reason your why like you said mm -hmm. understand why exactly. understand why, yeah. why why you're doing it and and it's really cool because there's there's so many people who think like oh you're you're just gonna be super successful as soon as you start like mm -hmm. uh, you'll just be at whatever and mm -hmm. I think that I think often you you lose sight of like why did you want to do this to begin with right. and why does this matter to you at all uh, because yeah. you're obsessed or you're thinking about mm -hmm. the wrong thing. I also right. think that is you, you get to appreciate all the people that come into your circle or that mm -hmm. you get to interact with more when you're actually understanding why you're doing it. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're, so for someone that's just someone that's already going, what are you thinking as someone that's like all in YouTube doing it? Um, what do you think is next because I know some people have talked about algorithms changing and the what what type of content YouTube added shorts now that you can mm -hmm. have on there. Uh, what do you think about the landscape? <laughs> I have no idea. I am the most removed from that as possible. I have no idea. The algorithm confuses me. I have no idea how anything <laughs> anything works or functions. I'm just living my best life. I'm just trying to get through. I shorts are cool. I haven't I haven't explored them quite yet. Um, I'm I'm just now trying to get into TikTok, so like mm. I need to take it one step at a time. <laughs> um, uh, so I I don't know. I I I have no idea. I think the algorithm is insane, and that's like ninety percent of people's success is just if they hit the algorithm in the right way. Yeah, it's like wild. Like I was yeah. I was at, I was talking to somebody that has a channel, and they were saying how mm. like they just post it at the right time on the right mm -hmm. day and then all of a sudden in their whole video everyone's seeing the video and I was like yeah. how and they're like it just this happened and then uh, I posted it and I'm like that just yeah. wild like just yeah. the luck sometimes um yeah. as far as as far as staying on track in time management what do you do um for that how are you how what's your what's your schedule like for that because that's another barrier for a lot of people just managing mm -hmm. their time. Yeah, it's it's definitely a struggle. Like I said earlier, with transitioning from being home twenty four seven to you know having school and life and everything. Um, I, I think it's about like the intention, like finding the space in your life that can give a little bit, um, and you know taking that time out intentionally to to do what you love to either film a video or edit or read or whatever it is that you want to do, um, and and you know understand that you have to like sacrifice some other things. When I, when I started reading and reading seriously, you know, I had to sacrifice like, oh, I don't get to watch as much TV or I don't get to do this as much, you know? And when I started, you know, doing YouTube seriously, the same thing happened. I think, especially with YouTube, it's about finding the most convenient times for you to film, most convenient times for you to edit and the most convenient times for you to post and then kind of schedule your, your YouTube career <laughs> situation around that. Yeah, that sounds 
it must like for anyone listening it does it sounds like you have to do a lot you have to schedule you have to be intentional but it's not all that bad I would say right yeah all that bad oh no I mean I feel so lucky to be able to do it from home like I know so many people who who would want to be in this position instead of of having to do you know whatever they have to do at work (laughs) I I feel really lucky to be in this position no, nah, it's awesome because it's it, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work up front. It, mm-hmm. it is time management is so crucial in so many aspects of mm-hmm. our lives, um, especially if you want to take something on or if you're becoming more and more serious about something. Um, mm-hmm. I talk to a lot of authors and writers, um, and one of the things that they talk about is managing time, is finding mm-hmm. space to write and finding opportunities to edit and do their go through their processes. And I think... Yeah no matter who I've spoken to, they, everyone's really said that you have to make, you have to make time for it and you have to figure out what works in your schedule. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so we're coming up on the end of our time, but I want to ask, Mm -hmm. uh, when you're, when you're deciding topics, because this is Mm -hmm. like the last phase of this, when you're deciding Mm -hmm. topics for what you're going to talk about, what you're going to, what you're going to post, how do you do, how do you curate that? How do you decide that? Um, because coming up with ideas every single time you need a video cannot always be can't be easy, right? It's not it's not easy all the time. I think something really nice about the way that BookTube is kind of set up is a lot of people expect at the beginning of the month for a TBR or like a to be read, so like what you're gonna uh, read throughout the month. And then a wrap up at the end of the month. So it's like two ideas already in the bag. Like I know what I'm going to do at the beginning at the end. Um, and there's lots of, you know, consistent things that you can do with BookTube, you know, book hauls or like unboxing or things like that. Um, other than that, I have no idea. I just, I, I try to think of like what I would want to watch, you know, like what I would want to see other people doing and then try to, you know, do that to the best of my ability to try to make something somebody would want to watch also. Um, and so that's kind of, what I've, I'm trying to do going into this year is like thinking what I would want to watch and then trying to make that for other people. Mm, that's really cool. <laughs> um, how many videos are, do you like shoot in advance? Um, like, what is it? What is that schedule like for you? I know I do like, I like, for instance, I do a ton of podcasts. Like I uh-huh. do five or six podcast episodes in a week and then that'll oh, give wow. me a month of content. And, that is so smart. And then I'll do, do a bunch weekly. How, what's your process like? My process is worse. Um, <laughs> it, it is like sometimes day before, day of, I'm supposed to post like filming, just the most chaotic. I, you know what? I'm going to be better this year. I'm going to do that. I've learned something from this podcast. I'm going to, I'm going to do that. I'm going to try to like bulk film videos. It, I get burnt out really easily from like talking. So like, I don't know. I'm going to try to figure out a way to like drink extra caffeine. Like, I don't know, do something to make myself keep going so I can, the, the, the lighting is also a big thing during winter is like, mm. I've like, like 12 to two is like the only time I can film and then it's over. <laughs> and the sun's like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. And then it's over. Then it's definitely over. It's super yeah. slow without the lights. No, that, mm. like that. It, I think the scheduling thing, I remember I, I had talked to one of my friends. He, he also does podcasts. And mm-hmm. I was like, how are you keeping up with this podcast? Mm-hmm. Thing? Because it's like so quick, a week will just go by and then you have to post mm-hmm. something. Exactly. Um, and he was just like, oh, I do a whole bunch of them in the beginning. So I don't have to worry about it. Like, so I'm never late. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, you're, yeah. 
you do that it is right. genius level thinking right there because like when i just did that week of posting like those videos were filmed the day before they were posted like those you got like raw content right there like that was as it was happening live <laughs> yeah pretty much live no that's that's awesome but you get it done which really matters i try my best (laughs) um any any final any final words anything any last uh impressions you want to leave on the listeners this has been awesome just to talk to you and and chat it up real quick i'm just so grateful to be on this this is an amazing opportunity i can't wait to listen to more of your podcasts because this has been such an enjoyable experience and thank you so much for having me thank you thank you and for everyone listening i know you're you You probably took something away from this. Have a wonderful day. Uh, Keep your energy high and peace out. Scribble notes, uh, scribble notes when I wrote these quotes. If I offend, pardon me, there's more of me to grow. Creative in my process, enjoy the show. The will is different when you recognize the different strokes. Different folks, same goals, we all want the most. So when we reach the top, we can enjoy the toast. The type of bread we get is fresh about the bakery. Told them don't play with me. With or without a degree, don't question my intensity. Bravery, similar to agencies that want to see you fold. So just pray for me and pray for me. I ain't starting with my...